For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in the third and final hour on Monday. It is time to turn on the light with Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. We were just talking about TV, Uh. which we have the TV working back in the studio now. So there's that. But we were also talking about the, the, the prices and the difficulties that we have with this. Yeah, I... Well, first of all, I'm not the most uh, technically competent guy in the world. So me navigating my way around it, although I've gotten better. You know, I you know I, I have streaming services, but you know the cable bill for the stations that I don't watch, like everybody else, it just drives me crazy. My my big consumer habits are the news stations and C-SPAN. C-SPAN uh, because of book TV and history TV, I just really really love. It's yes, there's the History Channel, but it's not of a quality of C-SPANs in my opinion. The History Channel's gone way yeah. downhill. So so. Um, those are the only things I watch. If I want to watch a movie, I stream it. Like, you know, I have a couple of streaming services and that's good enough for me. But um, I just you can't figure a way out. I tried to go to Sling and I found out my box wouldn't uh, uh, use Sling. And I have a smart TV, but it's evidently not smart enough. And, like, you know, it's just, uh, I, I just think that um, the cable companies have us where they want us. I think that Senator Markey and the rest of the folks who regulated that industry have failed uh, the American people. And they have, like you said, as I was listening on the way in, it's been 50 years and they haven't figured out a good system yet. And as I understand it, the reason they give all those channels that nobody watches, and I never run into anybody who watches them because they're all old reruns, is that that pays, the high, the high prices pay for the production costs of the streaming services. So cable is actually subsidizing streaming, which is why they've gone now to try to control streaming through what uh, like you can't get sling well, on on the Xfinity boxes. Part of the reason uh, why they have to have why why they have so many of those old programs running is because if they stop running them, then they will go exclusively to the streamers. The streamers yeah. can buy up the rights from them, so they have to run them for their rights packages. Um, but what you'll also see happening and I had mentioned this before is you have the carriage fees, which are what the cable company's passing on to you, because so let's just say Discovery has you know ten networks, and they've got more than that now because of the merger. But let's just say they have ten networks, and you only want to watch five of those networks. 
but they're still going to make you get the other five that you don't want to watch so that they can show their advertisers how many households they're in because yeah. that matters more than what the actual yeah. ratings are in, in cable. terms of how much they can charge for advertising. Mm-hmm. And I heard you on the way say in say that. But we're in a situation now where the people that I run into, and I probably have a, a better income than the average person in New Bedford, no working class person that I know over the age of 65 can afford to do cable TV anymore. They're doing the basic channels. And even the basic channels are like 125 bucks a month. It's just highway robbery for those poor people that are getting nothing. And they're subsidizing these production costs, you know, for all this, this uh, programming that most of which they don't get. It's, 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 if you begin to look at it, it's actually the working classes subsidizing the affluent classes, entertainment options, you know, the, the, the people that can afford to have cable, streaming, everything they want and never bat an eyelash. Like, you know, so it's a really terrible situation. And, you know, Congressman, Mark, I mean, Senator Markey, then Congressman, I think, um, was at the heart of regulating the telecommunications industry and he failed. Yeah, he, pu- he pushed for the a la carte option and the cable companies wouldn't have it. And, uh, and I don't see, I, that's why I think it would really work, especially in today's day and age where... If you could start including some of these streamers as part of that, which would take, you know, a different deal between the cable companies and the streamers, they allow them these access points now through their devices. But if they were to advertise, you know, offer them as part of the package and work this all out, I think people would be spending, you know, pretty close to what they're already spending on average, but they would feel better about the product that they're getting yeah, in return. I think the cable companies just think we're, we're making money hand over fist now. Why change it? Yeah. Why, why should we change anything? We don't know what the what the future would be. Uh, and I, I blame Senator Markey, but it's not just Senator Markey. It's, 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 it's the rest of the House and Senate. And, um, of course, you know, my philosophical thing is that, that those who protect business is primarily the Republican Party. That's, that's what I see. But there's a lot of Democrats doing it, too. And, I, you know, there's capitalism, which I consider myself a capitalist. I don't consider myself a socialist. But there's crony capitalism, too. And what we increasingly have in this, in this country, Sarah Palin said it, 10, 15 years ago is crony capitalism where the deals go to the people that that are connected to other people. We have a lot of crony capitalism in New Bedford. Uh, and so that that's the problem. We have a call on the line here, 508-996-0500. You are on with Jack Spillane. Hello. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. Um, just, good, um, just a quick thing. This is what we did. Um, I haven't had cable for about, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 years, something like that. Um, and we just, we haven't, um, this is what we did. We just bought a Roku, a box. We just go to Best Buy, get the Roku box. We pay about $103 for the internet a month. And we just stream everything through the internet. You can watch whatever you want, YouTube, whatever you want, whatever your desires are on uh, Netflix. We get all of that. And, um, and it's so much cheaper. Okay. So I had Roku years ago and, and, and the streaming for the, for the movies and, 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 and some of the television programming was good, but I could not get news in real time at that time and I'm a journalist so I have to get news in real time so I, I right. don't, you know can, can you get news in real time sometimes we get a live uh, through YouTube it'll stream live but um, mostly you get it a day how, later how big, the new, how big the news is yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean overall for, you know for people out there that, that are looking for you know some help or whatever apart from you know like your, in your business for example but for everybody else like myself 
and our family, hey, we save a lot ton of money. We haven't had cable. We don't want nothing to do with it. And uh, I just hooked my mother up with that a few years ago, and she's so happy. She was paying over two hundred dollars a month, and she now she's paying only ninety something. Good uh, for you, you can stream whatever you want to watch, whatever it is you desire to watch. You can watch it, whatever it is. And yep. There's no, uh, there is some commercials, but you can pay an extra ten dollars a month through YouTube, and you don't, you don't get the commercials. But we don't care about the commercials. But that's, I just figured I'd call in and let you know. No, it's a good, appreciate it's a good, that. It's a good solution, and, and I think it Have works a for a lot day. of people. You, you, you as well, take it easy. And that's that's the the thing is that people don't understand how to get around. So for a lot of people, it's just easier to stick with cable, you know, because I know how to work it. I know how to make it work. I know how to yeah. I know how to find what I want to find. I will say that not getting news in real time is not just a problem for journalists because increasingly because people can't afford to get news like like this gentleman saying, well, I can get all the entertainment I want for my family and for my mother but he's not getting the news in real time. There was a, a detrimental effect on society being well-informed. And that plays a role, in my opinion, of the misinformation people are getting from conspiracy theories because news is vetted. Vetted means that there are standards in journalism that you have to adhere to for accuracy and truthfulness. Those standards are not adhered to on the internet. You know, you, you can get anything you want. And so people who can't afford to get... Um, now, most people can get local news in real time, but 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 national news or state news in in real time that 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 has a detrimental effect. You know, when we were growing up, everybody watched the commercial stations um, in Boston. It was four, five, and seven, and so everybody got the same news. And there's a shared value system. You know, everybody is talking about the same information. People don't disagree on the facts. Now we have everybody disagreeing on just what the facts are. And I think that that is because a lot of people don't have access to good quality news. I mean, if you yeah, if you still want to have the local news, it's cheap enough to go and get um, an HD antenna that you can put on your TV. Just a little something you can clip on the back of the TV and put into the HDMI slot that will get you those local channels. Yeah. It doesn't get but how you... How many little old ladies know that? They, they, they've been getting well, uh, uh, cable TV. And even if they're getting the basic cable, is over $100 now. And the other problem, too, is, you know, I know so many people who don't even know what they want to watch based on, like my mom. My mom doesn't know what networks she watches. She knows what number she watches in the cable box. That's me. She's like, put it on 45. <laughs> it's 8 o'clock. Put it on 45. Why? What channel is that? I think your mom know, is close 45. to my generation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that my uh, headphones are cutting out here. I think that that's, you know, the way that people get embedded in this idea of, of having to have cable. So they're, they're just kind of stuck with it. Speaking of uh, your generation, Jack, let's, uh, let's cue up the Rolling Stones here because we haven't played them yet. <laughs> I'm not quite as old as the Rolling Stones. No, you're not. No. <laughs> Coffee. So now we are officially turning the light on. Uh, Jack, of course, is a columnist for New Bedford Light, and you can read his work at newbedfordlight.org. And I, we, last week we talked a little bit about how you felt about the inauguration. Uh, you wrote the column following your appearance here with us last week about the lack of attention paid to the Star Store, but you really went in depth with that in your piece. Have you heard anything back from the governor's office about that? Have you heard anything about why this was not mentioned? Yeah, the, the governor's office uh, was trying to, to nitpick as to whether she had a press availability or not. She, she, she didn't as far as I'm concerned, but but um, uh, I think the mayor was pretty upset with me. There was some criticism of him. Um, 
You know, I think that, um, you know, I, I play kind of a, um, a lonely role here because there was an era when there was a lot of columnists. And, um, uh, you know, I, I think that speaking truth to power is not an easy thing. And uh, I think a lot of times, you know, I call them as I see them, you know, and I'm not willing to to trade access to politicians for, you know, what I say. And uh, that's my role because I'm an opinion columnist. And my opinion is that the governor of Massachusetts coming down to New Bedford, giving a speech, swearing the um, uh, mayor in to his sixth term and not mentioning the biggest news story of the year, the loss of the star store in the UMass Dartmouth campus is really insulting to the city. And I, I just think she talked about, oh, we all know how important arts and history and culture are to New Bedford. And then doesn't mention the biggest arts and culture and history issue of the year. And I say history because it's a historic building, the star store. It's now sitting empty. It's a massive building in the middle of the downtown. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe the housing market is so strong now it's going to be easy to, 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 to rebuild that. I don't think putting housing in there is the answer. I think it needs to be an economic engine for the downtown. But, but um, So she didn't say anything. The mayor limited his remarks to one paragraph um, uh, uh, in the speech and said, we're going to keep working. And then he said something about um, research institutions or government institutions. In the past, he's talked about NOAA, which is presently in Gloucester or Woods Hole. They've not really shown any interest in coming here. There are some, you know, blue economy, mar- maritime um, uh, research institutions that could conceivably come to New Bedford, but that's not an easy thing to accomplish. I hope the mayor can do it. And I don't think it's an equal thing for having an arts campus in the downtown. You know, people have said to me, oh, well, we have um, the arts district now and we have um, all these galleries. Yeah, I think 10 years from now, if you don't have the arts college, it'll be harder. But, you know, people, t- you know, I mean, even Senator Martigny has said maybe the downtown doesn't need it so much anymore. I, I question those people. I, I think the galleries, the um, coffee shops, you know, all those places are full of young people. And that's what started the, the revival. You know, maybe we're going to bring in, we have some mixed income housing coming in. We have some market rate housing coming in. I don't know. What do those people do besides live in the downtown? I think having the Arts College, having the Whaley Museum, having the Zyterian Theater, those are really important things in the city. Having your theater now, the Steeple Playhouse. Uh, uh, So I, I just thought it was a very disappointing thing for the governor to come here and not talk about that. Especially if you are going to mention the arts, you know, if I mean, one thing, if you just said, hey, well, it didn't really work its way into what I was saying. She but said, you- we all know how important arts and culture and history are to New Bedford. And then you're waiting for it <laughs> and nothing. You're, you're thinking at that point, oh, maybe we're going to get a big announcement here. And my, yes. And my feeling is that the reason that she hasn't done more is because Marty Me and the president of the UMass system is more powerful politically than either Mayor Mitchell or Senator Montigny. And. You know, Marty Mean has a big power base in Lowell. He was the, the, the chancellor in Lowell. He was the congressman in Lowell before he be, became the president of the whole system with his palatial digs overlooking Boston Harbor that, that they've given him as part of his, his package, which is just to entertain and bring in big donors to the public university system, which I'm not against, but I, I am against closing the campus in downtown New Bedford. And I, I just think 
she's more afraid of that than of him, you know, than she is of of um, uh, the local politicians. Let's uh, let's take a call here. 508-996-0500. You were on with Jack Spillane. Hello, Jack. How you doing? Hey, Joe. <laughs> well, I recognize your voice at this point. Well, everybody recognizes my voice now, I guess. I, but anyway, I want to, you know, commend you for having this one-man battle, basically, to try to uh, keep the stars to where it is. Uh, it is a slap in the face to all of the New Bedford delegation. Uh, again, a broad spectrum of that from... Mark Montigny to the mayor will have different views that everybody was behind us, except for Chris Markey, by the way. Let's put that in there. Okay, he's the only one of the delegation that, well, hey, you know, what can we do? But again, it's an old Spike and Ike deal that, you know, hey, Spike, can we have this? Can we do that? And then, yeah, ah, shut up, you know. And yeah, her coming down here, I voted for her last time. I won't vote for her again. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you can't do anything about it, and for political reasons, you can't admit that you can't do anything about it, then don't come down here to... Just wear the mayor in and make remarks. At which, yeah, at that's which just you like rubbing it in your face, like you know. That's my opinion. But Joe, Joe, you and you and I, I think, are out there alone. <laughs> well, <laughs> l- let me give you another example of this. I know a gentleman that lives downtown. He's eighty-one, you know, eighty-two now, and uh, you know uh, the the people you got downtown, downtrodden, whatever. Uh, he's walking down there, and I and I don't think you, if you can get the arts community in there, you'd probably change the whole vibe. Uh, he's walking down there. The guy says, hey, buddy, can I have a couple of bucks? <clears throat> the guy doesn't have much, okay? <clears throat> he walks back. He says, here, that's all I can give you here. Thanks a lot, you know? And I uh, walks off. The guy says, hey, uh, come here. I want to do, I want to, want to sit, want to, want to do, uh, help, help you, you know, say something to you. He comes back. He got punched in the face. Huh? So, again, when you got an arts community down there, I don't think that type of person would hang as much uh, to do that to another person. And uh, it, 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 it kind of uh, makes the whole place a little bit more civilized, I think. Yeah, there is a problem with the panhandling in the downtown. And, yes. and I'm so old that when they ask for a buck or, or two bucks even now, like it's, it's, it's what? Whatever happened to asking for a quarter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, again, I, 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 they'd be insulted. If what you are they trying to park? They, they'd be insulted if you gave them a quarter nowadays. <laughs> again, again, the, the results, you know, the, 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 the guy that hasn't got much gave him what he had and, and to get punched in the face. I think with an arts community down there would change the whole vibe. Another thing he showed me, too, on his uh, phone, cell phone that he has, was that somebody had a nice bike tied up down there, and uh, it was, you know, expensive. And then he got to show me another picture. They just stripped it, and it was left tied there, you know. Yeah, you know. so I actually live in the downtown, so I, I, know I, I just want to say it's not unsafe. I walk around there all the time, and I'm an old guy. I'm, I know it, so I know where I'm going and stuff, but... But uh, I think it's not as unsafe as some people who don't live in it think it is. But it, it, there are definitely panhandlers. There's panhandlers on a Cushnet Avenue in the north end, uh, maybe a few even on River Street in the south end. But Oh, but, sure. But, all uh, over the city. But, um, you know, that's part of the, um, uh, the way it, we live with the mental health institutions but, closed but again, and Jack, substance I, I abuse. Think, I think for the downtown to have the arts community down there and opening up the... Uh, the old church there is for your theater and everything. That changes the whole oh, sure. vibe of the place. Yep, yep no doubt. We've, we've lost more than just, uh, lo- you know, losing, uh, you know, U- uh, UMass um, um, Dartmouth uh, down there. And, uh, and again, uh, as far as I'm concerned, UMass, the whole college system has lost their, their, their reason for being. Uh, that started out to give an average person a chance to go to college at a cheap price. And that's changed. You know, they're, they're, they're too high-priced. 
And, uh, you know, to me, that was the whole idea behind it. All these uh, uh, new immigrants we're having coming over now, uh, in the future, they may not want to do blue-collar jobs. They m- may want to be a doctor, a lawyer, whatever. Uh, and uh, th- that's that's a stepping stone to do that. The price of uh, the state college system is too high. They get Absolutely. too up- uplift for themselves, actually. Absolutely. They forget who, who built them, you know, that sort of thing. All well, right. And, uh, all right, I'll so let you guys hold you there, get into a break or something. <laughs> yep. Thank you for the call. And uh, okay. callers, hang on. We will get to you. But right now, I do have to take a break. We'll be back with more with Jack Spillane in just a minute. All right. We only have less than a minute before we have to go into the news. So, caller, hang on. We will get to you right after the news. I don't want to shortchange you on time. So, I apologize for just making you wait a little bit more. Very quickly, Not Bad in Oak Bluff says, Good morning, Tim. I enjoy pickled pig's feet with my beer. However, it has become nearly impossible to find them at most bars. I would have to agree with that. I don't think I've seen them at a bar in a long time. Uh, and Polly in New Bedford says, T-Mobile Internet, 50 bucks. YouTube TV, 60 bucks. You get local channels and all the major live stuff. So that's that's uh, one way to save some money there, 110 bucks a month. I'm skeptical that you get live news that way. You, you do. Uh, with YouTube TV, you get live channels through YouTube TV. Okay. So, but um, the, you know... You've got to know how to navigate it. You've got to know how to sign up for it. I had YouTube TV when it first came out as an option, and I canceled it pretty quickly because I just wasn't impressed with the options. But I only got it because I wanted to watch Cobra Kai because originally that's what it was on. So uh, let's go into the newsroom now, and we will get all the headlines of the day from Ariel. And on the other side, more of your calls, 508-996-0500. Secretary of State Antony Blinken continues his latest trip through the Middle East today as he tries to prevent the Israel-Hamas war from escalating into a broader conflict. After meetings with the ruler of Abu Dhabi and the Saudi crown prince on Monday, Blinken will make his way to Israel for talks. He's also scheduled to stop in the occupied West Bank. It's Blinken's fourth visit to the region since the October 7th attack on Israel by the Palestinian militant group Hamas. The National Transportation Safety Board says the door plug that was blown out out of an Alaskan airplane on Friday has been recovered. They're hoping the development will help explain exactly what happened. The panel from the fuselage was found Sunday night by a school teacher in Portland, Oregon, and turned over to the NTSB. No serious injuries were reported during the mid-air scare. President Joe Biden will deliver remarks today when he visits the South Carolina church where nine black worshipers were gunned down by a white supremacist in 2015. Biden will use Charleston's mother, Emmanuel Aim Church, as a backdrop to a message about fighting hate and extremism. The first commercial mission to the moon is underway. The uncrewed Peregrine Lunar Lander lifted off overnight atop United Launch Alliance's new Vulcan Center rocket from Cape Canaveral. The payload includes the cremated ashes of dozens of people set to receive so-called space funerals. The 81st Golden Globes is in the books. The stars were out last night packing the Beverly Hilton Hotel to celebrate this year's best films, television shows, actors, and actresses. Oppenheimer won the Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture Drama. A new college football national champion will be crowned tonight. The Michigan Wolverines are all set to take on the Washington Huskies in the college football playoff national championship game at Houston's RG. RNRG Stadium. 
In sports, the Jets are celebrating a victory over the Patriots for the first time since 2015 after earning a 17-3 win in the season finale. Bailey Zappi completed 12 of his 30 pass attempts for 88 yards and was picked off twice. Ezekiel Elliott ran for 55 yards and caught five passes for 27 yards. And Chad Ryland provided all of the scoring after converting a 30-yard field goal. New England ends the season last in the AFC at 4-13 and and has the third overall pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. The Celtics could be without a couple of starters for tonight's rematch against the Indiana Pacers. Jason Tatum and Kristaps Porzingis are listed on the injury report as questionable. Tatum is managing a left ankle sprain and Porzingis is dealing with right eye irritation. Sam Hauser is also questionable with a right shoulder injury. And the Bruins have won five of their last six entering the first game of a four-game road trip. The Black and Gold will visit Ball Arena for tonight's battle against the Colorado Avalanche. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Cold and sunny this morning. It'll feel like in the teens throughout the morning as we head into the afternoon. Temperatures climb into the upper 30s with plenty of sunshine bundle up. It'll feel in the 20s throughout the rest of the day. Clear overnight, temperatures dip into the 20s. And then tomorrow, first part of the day, temperatures in the 40s. But as we head into the overnight into Wednesday, a powerful storm system promising to bring heavy rain and strong damaging winds. Stay tuned. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast from the ABC6 from the ABC6 Weather Center. I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk station WBSM and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. All right. Welcome back in. We are turning on the light with Jack Splane of New Bedford Light. Let's go back to the phones. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next with Jack. Morning. How are you doing, guys? Good. How are you doing? Hey there. Doing good. Doing good. So uh, talking about the, the art, you know, I the, the art district has two schools. I think uh, obviously, you guys know about the Star Store, and you obviously know about um, BCC. I think if we champion uh, the BCC Art District, the the art school there, I think we could revitalize it. Now, the entire like revitalize the entire downtown just the way it was, or or aspire to be through the Star Store. We have another opportunity here. Um, in regards to that, and why the art district itself is so important is. If, if we were to look at demographics, we don't want New Bedford to become like a, a retirement town, a, a town of old people. Um, there's no vibrancy there. there. There would be no economic development. We need young infused, like an infusion of young people all the time. Just like in general, as a, as a country with immigration, we need an always, uh, you know, a new influx of young people and young workers and young entrepreneurs. Uh, I think that's what we need in, in New Bedford, and I think the art district will provide that opportunity. So, Ray, I, I'm not familiar with the fact that BCC has a, um art school. I, I, I'm not saying yeah. that they don't, but I'm not familiar with it all these years I've been reporting here. Yeah, I, they, did, I, they, did ta- I did talk to Mayor Mitchell about Bridgewater or, or BCC possibly taking over the arts, and he said that he wants a university. It, it sort of reminds me a little bit of, you know, the, you hear these stories about, you know, I mean, the, that UMass was willing to put the design students, which were technically art students, and that wasn't good enough for certain political figures and, 
And yeah. so I don't know, but I, I was not aware that BCC has an art school. Yes, it's obviously significantly smaller, just like the school is. But the I think maybe the, the art school itself um, probably has about, you know, 20 to 30 kids there that probably go through the uh, the system. Huh. I know that I know that specifically because it's in, in my family. Like people in my family actually uh, actually go to that. So that that's why I wanted to bring it up. I mean, I, I understand the focus on the Star Store because that's catastrophic to, or, or a big problem for the area. I think if we also focus on the importance of just the art district itself, and then focus and and put resources and attention to the BCC, we can we can still maintain something there. Uh, because we still have a little bit of a, uh, obviously the art district in there. If we kind of focus on them, it'd be, I think, a good a good thing going forward. Yeah, this this talk of um, the cultural district, you know, puts on a lot of programming. Certainly, AHA does. That there are other things going on for artists in New Bedford. That's true, but I think that the art school actually gives that infusion of of young energy and faculty right. energy that that is really necessary to. To think to keep things like the cultural district and and AHA going. That's just my opinion. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I think just like anywhere else, we always need an infusion of young people because we don't want to become a sleepy town. You know that that sleepy town that people just go home to sleep there and then go elsewhere to work and play and have fun and get entertained. We need to be that. You know, New Bedford needs to maintain that um, young infused energy. And, you know, business leaders also. Absolutely. So, that, that's what's happened to the whole Rust Belt. States like Pennsylvania and Ohio and Michigan, all the old, you know, the people that are old that have had money have moved to Florida or Arizona and the ones that have stayed are poor. Right. And it, it's, it, it, it's, it's a real yeah. threat for New Bedford. Yeah. When, when you only are on a, a fixed income of Social Security and a small pension, you're not going to have a lot of economic growth. You need to have a little bit more, uh, more energy in that to prevent that sleepy town effect. Yep. But, all right, guys. Thank you all very right. much. Thank you. Thanks, Ray. Take care. Bye. And uh, and of course, uh, also, Councilor at Large Brian Gomes has long talked about wanting Berkeley to have a presence in downtown yeah, Bedford. Yeah, I, I, I like that when when Brian talks about that. I don't know how realistic it is, but but um, UMass Dartmouth did have a music school, and the argument was we should consolidate it on one campus, and they brought it to Lowell, UMass Lowell. Where guess who was Marty Meehan. So they took the music school out of UMass Dartmouth. They took the um, education school out of UMass Dartmouth uh, uh, and brought it to Bridgewater State. So they've taken a number of things. They want to be, they sound like they want to be a scientific and research university. The chancellor says he's not going to close the College of Visual and Performing Arts. I don't know what performing arts they have left there, but just keep it in, 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 in Dartmouth. But they do seem to be moving in directions other than things that they traditionally had. All right, well, we have to take a break here. If you want to call in, 508-996-0500. We'll be right back with more with Jax Blaine on the other side. And welcome back in. We are turning on the light with Jax Blaine from New Bedford Light. Before we get further into that, though, uh, you probably are taking a look at your roof this morning after the snow and the rain that we had over the weekend and thinking to yourself, I don't know if this is going to make it through another storm. Well, if that's the situation that you were in, well, don't hesitate right now. Call Precision Window and Kitchen in New Bedford. Or maybe if you're just not sure, if you're just a little bit concerned about it, if you think that there might be some possible damage, don't take the chance. Call Precision Window and Kitchen. Have them come out and take a look. You can stop by their showroom, too, at 1111 Cushion Avenue and talk with them. They can show you the type of materials that they use, the special shingles that they can use, all that different stuff that they can make sure that your home is protected. They'll show you all of that right there in the showroom. 
or you can call them or the easiest way is to go online to precisionwindowandkitchen.com, sign up there for the free, no obligation estimate. They will come out to your home. They will take a look. They will tell you exactly what you need, how long it'll take, and how quickly they, um, how affordably they can get it done for you as well. So give them a call, stop by and see them, or just go to precisionwindowandkitchen.com. Precision Window and Kitchen, they can do windows, they can do kitchens, they can do bathrooms, they can do all kinds of stuff inside your home, but they can also replace your roof and protect your home. So, Jack, we were talking about the arts in downtown, and, you know, we got an interesting press release last week that there is going to be a Herman Melville statue built downtown. I I think this is just a great idea. I've I've actually talked about it with the mayor for a long time. I grew up in Salem where um, uh, they have a great tourism industry going, and they have a great Nathaniel Hawthorne statue who, along with Melville, is considered the the other great 19th century uh, American novelist. I think Melville is so wedded to the identity of, of New Bedford, who, which he described as the dearest place in the world in Moby Dick, that it's just a natural. Um, I go to the Moby Dick Marathon every year. I was there this weekend. We had kids from all over the country in their sleeping bags. You know, it, it does not die down. It, it continues to be popular. And it's really central to our identity as a whale, you know, the, 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 the whaling port that, that, that became rich off of that industry. And, and the great quest that is Moby Dick, you know, that obsession with um, that we all have in our lives of defeating that great enemy. And in this case, it was the white whale. Melville is also uh, respected for other work he's done. Billy Budd, uh, a novella that he wrote at the end of his life, is considered one of the great um, uh, novellas of American history. And Clarel, a poem. Melville is the sole character that I know that is known as both one of the greatest novelists and one of the greatest poets in American history. He's just a, um, a, a seminal figure, and I think that having a, a, a great statue, a quality statue, will, will be great for the city and, and, and its um, uh, downtown historic district identity. I am for it, too. Uh, you know, you mentioned Salem. You know what else you have a statue of in Salem? You have an Elizabeth Montgomery statue. You have, you have Elizabeth Montgomery, and you have Roger Conant, the founder of Salem, uh, one of the original... Uh, uh, Puritan type guys. Um, Salem has done a lot with its history. When I grew up, Salem was a down and out town, as down and out as New Bedford. And now they have just a great tourist industry. They have a great university that, you know, I think one of the misfortunes was that they didn't build the university in New Bedford. Uh, they built it just over the border at Dartmouth. And I think that that has come back to bite it. Um, but Salem is now just had a total revival. And New Bedford has had sort of a partial revival, but I think everybody would agree that New Bedford can do more and um, we're doing more. You know, we have wind coming. Uh, we're working on, you know, having a little shipbuilding industry in the port and bringing in some more um, uh, uh, commercial, uh, uh, tourist type establishments. But I just think that um, a Melville statue is, is just a natural for the city. And uh, my vote is to put it, and I don't know how the Port Society would feel about this, would be put it into the Seaman Bethel's yard where, um, you know, he wrote that famous scene. Yeah, where, it makes where the most sense. He's in the back of the chapel. Ishmael is in the back of the chapel. Well, but if Salem can have an Elizabeth Montgomery statue, I think that New Bedford needs to have either Lolita Davidovich or Jenna Ortega in a statue downtown and they can inscribe upon it. You can take the girl out of New Bedford. You can't take New Bedford out of the girl. Oh, my God. I'm embarrassed. I don't even know who those people are. They're in finest kind. Oh, okay. You know, I, I was going to see Finest Kind this weekend, and the people that I was with, they vote, we, we have a movie night, and they voted not to do it because 
I, I don't know if this is true. They, what they said was great scenes of Fairhaven in New Bedford plot is kind of weak. Uh, I know it's kind so of... It's a little up and down. I know yeah. I know you're not supposed to criticize Brian Helgeland. I'm a big fan of <laughs> L.A. Confidential. But, you know, nobody hits it out of the ballpark every time. It's a, it's, it starts off really good, and then you're like, oh, this is a little... I don't, I don't know if I really like that, where that story's going. Oh, oh, heresy, heresy. But it's 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 a good movie. It's worth your time. Just watch it on your own, okay. I guess. Let's take a quick call here. Good morning. You were on with Jack Spillane. Hello. Good morning, gentlemen. Gilly Safiolis. Morning, Gilly. Hey, Gilly. How you guys doing? Uh, Jack, why I called is I heard that on Thursdays you were asking for myself or Carlos to call in. Yeah, I talked a little bit about that December 4th meeting where the city council had an executive session, a closed session to deal with security issues, uh, both inside city hall and outside city hall. But I guess you guys weren't listening that morning. That's one time that <laughs> I missed it and I wish I didn't miss it. But why did you want to know? Well, I, 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 yeah, the, the, the word around town was that that, that, that and the council has said very little publicly about that meeting, was that it was to address uh, perceived safety threats to the councilors. Uh, many of the council leaders are women. Perceived threats to them both inside City Hall and outside. And to me, if there are safety issues, legitimate ones, uh, as opposed to exaggerated ones, if there are legitimate safety issues inside City Hall uh, or outside City Hall in the neighborhood around it, then that's a, pub a matter of public interest. Yes, it is. Well, let me, the people that know me out there, you know, Linda Mora has called me a bully and everything. I'm a big guy. I can understand. I can understand my past and everything. But let anybody out there, anybody out there, they can say that I've been rude to women, okay? My favorite saying is, when God created women, if he created anything better than women, he kept it for himself. I respect ladies. Good I line, Gilly. Huh? That's a good line. You know what I'm saying? I've never been disrespectful. All at the city council meetings and all the school committee meetings. I've always, late at night, I've always walked everybody to their cars. Okay? Anybody that knows me... If anything happens in City Hall, I'll be the first one that sticks up for those people. Well, now, Gilly, Gilly but, but you would acknowledge that you're a big guy and, and you feel passionately about your issues. And I think you can be a little bit intimidating. I think that would be fair to say. Listen, I scare myself when I look in the mirror. <laughs> and and okay. there are some police matters in, 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 in you guys' background. So there, there may be some reason for people to be and fearful. You know right. And you know what's funny, Jack? I never had a problem with police officers or anything or with the city. Is until in the 2000, I spoke up against Kenny Source. Okay, so that's where everything started. I never started having a thick folder. But my main concern is they went to executive session. Okay, and that was back on December 4th, right? That's the date so, I, I, I believe it happened. Yeah, executive session. Anything that's settled in executive session is public record after 24 hours. Why haven't they given out what decisions they came up with? Well, maybe it wasn't settled. Maybe they decided not to take any action. But but I still think if there are safety <laughs> matters at City Hall, it should no, be discussed. They did it. And, and, you know, I spoke up about 
you know, Naomi Khan. Everybody's talking about Naomi Khan being an excellent lady and blah, 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 blah. I agree with everything they say about her. I agree about her. She is an excellent lady. But you know what her problem is? She just does things to get along. She does that. That's why she became city councilor. And I want people to look what she's going to do in her term as city councilor. I got about 30 seconds, Gilly, just so you know. Okay. She's going to be a little puppet for Linda Morad. She's going to be like one of those ventriloquists. The Linda Morad's going to have her hand up her keystone and treating her like a puppet to say what she wants to get along. All right. Well, well I'll say we'll just hold you there because I got to take the break here. Excuse me? I said I got to hold you there just because I got to take a break here. Uh, but I mean, they went to executive session and nothing has been done because they feel threatened. All year long, She's been calling the cops on me, and all year long, the cops haven't done anything. All right. Because I all haven't right. done anything. I, Thank you. All right. You have a good day. I got to take this break. We'll be right back in just a few moments. And welcome back in. The final few moments of turning on the light with Jack Spillane. And you did have some nice words to, to say about Councillor Morad in your column, Jack. Yeah, I, 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 I should compliment her. I thought her speech was the best speech of the speeches on inauguration night. She offered an olive branch to people that... Uh, uh, she may have alienated in the past, and uh, if they're in good faith, she says she'll be in good faith. She also talked about the local political climate um, reflecting the national divisive political climate, and I think she's right about that. And I think we all need to do better. And she, you know, uh, um, I think the mayor sounded a little bit like he might go to that too. So I think that's good for the city. It can only be good if, if. Um, we have that going forward. I, 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 I do know that Naomi Carney, who is the new council president, uh, she's very conservative. I, I really agree with her. But she's always pleasant. She always returns calls. She always um, disagrees agreeably. You know, and so I think that, that um, you know, I think that will be good. And if, if that, we, yeah, if, if that sets that, the tone, you know. then, you know, you could be looking at a much more positive year. Uh, you know, not that things didn't get done, but I thought there was a lot of roadblocks in the way of other things getting done, too. Yeah, yeah. I just think that um, the tone, when it's better, people feel better about the city. They feel better about, you know, everything. And also, we, we didn't really have time to talk about it, but Colin Hogan has a great report at NewBedfordLight.org concerning middle school students and how they help middle school students that might be battling drug and alcohol issues. So Yeah, it, it really is... Um, distressing to me and I'm sure everybody else that drug uh, addiction and alcohol is, you know, I, when I was in high school, alcohol was the big thing. It was unheard of for kids to do drugs. And now uh, middle schoolers who are basically 11 to 13 years old have drug addiction problems. And that I, I think people talk about without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.